Welcome back to Cloud of Witnesses. This is Paula Eamon. Today's episode is different than usual. We're not going to talk about a witness at all. I've just had something on my heart that I've been working through and decided that I would share with you some of what the Lord's been teaching me. I really hope it's a blessing to you. If the Lord lays it on your heart to support Cloud of Witnesses, you can do so at www.EnduringWitnesses.com. That's www.EnduringWitnesses.com. Okay, let's dive into Season 2, Episode 24, Fear Not. What is fear? According to the Oxford Dictionary, it's an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that something or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. I have a confession to make. I really struggle with fear. Fearing that someone won't like me is probably at the top of my list. Fearing that I have no value is a close second. And I would say the fear of crushingly painful circumstances would be third. For fear of wearing you out at the beginning of this episode, I'll stop there. Pun fully intended. Are these fears rational? In other words, are they based on reason or logic? I would give a resounding yes. I was bullied in school for years. Some relationships in my life made me feel not only unimportant, but also as what I view even more painful, irrelevant. Circumstances in life have at times crushed me to the point of not wanting to go on, every day inviting me to despair beyond hope, fear around every corner. I ask you this, can you relate? Has fear become your alarm clock in your bedtime story? First of all, I want to say that I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I understand how crippling it is. The weight of fear is heavier than a heart can bear on its own. It's suffocating. It's a strangler of joy. It's the enemy of thankfulness, and it's the tactic of the evil one. Recently, I struggled with another tidal wave of depression. In my dark stupor, I determined to get to the bottom of what the depression was rooted in. After peeling back quite a few layers, I decided that the bottom of the cavernous pit was layer after layer of fear. It was an aha moment, for lack of a better way to describe it. I started pinpointing what I was afraid of, and do you know what happened shortly after that? The Holy Spirit reminded me of a statistic I heard one time. It was that of all the commands found in the Bible, the command to fear not is the one most often repeated. In fact, I've been told that you can find those words or related words 365 times. That's one for every day of the year. That can't be a coincidence. So, armed with the confidence that the Holy Spirit had guided me to that information, I decided by the grace of God to start studying that very thing. Since then, more painful things have happened. At the top of the list is the gruesome attacks on Israel by Hamas. On the request of a Jew, I watched some of the atrocities carried out by these monsters. The Jew's request was for the viewer to not look away. I have to confess, my mama heart kicked in a couple of times. I had to fast forward through multiple sections, but I wanted to at least acknowledge the pain of the victims, the pain of the mamas, the daddies, the kids, the teens, the babies, the grandmas and grandpas, the grown men and women, even the dogs. Wiping tears from my eyes, I kept asking, how could one person do that to another person? And since writing those very words, Attacks on the Gaza Strip have not only begun, but have greatly intensified. Precious life after precious life has been lost. I'm just so sorry for everyone touched by all of this pain and destruction. 
I don't know that I'll ever fully be able to understand the devastations that are happening or the atrocities that have happened around the world on a daily basis. For that matter, I frequently have a hard time understanding many hardships. You know, like, why do things have to be the way they are? Because of that, I want to center the spotlight on the one who does fully understand. He sees everything. He knows. And most important to the topic at hand, he knows what causes his children to fear. What terrifies them? He knows. What horrors have they lived through? He cares. He's full of compassion. Now, before we get into this discussion, I want to first ask you, are you a child of God? It seems like an easy yes or no question, but before you answer, I want you to be aware that the answer doesn't lie in your origin of birth or in the religion you claim. It lies in the reality of whether or not you have confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead. If you haven't done that, I beg of you to trust him today. Without him, your fear is justified. His wrath is against you. But friend, with him, you will have a firm foundation that is eternally solid. No greater foundation can be found than in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've trusted in him for your salvation, then believer, this episode is for you. Once the Holy Spirit reminded me of the fear not commands, I started making it my mission to discover them. I probably could have Googled them, but there's something so deeply enriching in finding truths on your own. I guess it would be like panning for gold and finding nuggets versus going to an ATM to withdraw some cash. One scenario fills your wallet. The other one leaves you breathless. Here's my disclaimer. Since I'm still chipping away at the top of the beautiful iceberg of fear knots, I'll go ahead and let you know that there are far more under the surface than what I've discovered so far. My hope and prayer is that this discussion will spur you on to find the over 300 more that are left for you to discover. If you know me well, you know that when I started this study, I had to start at the beginning. You know, like the where it all began beginning in Genesis. The first fear knot I found was in chapter 15. The ancient patriarch Abraham, who at this point in his story was still called Abram, had just turned down a very lucrative offer from the king of Sodom. This denied offer made it clear that Abram wanted God to receive full glory for the wealth he enjoyed. What followed was the Lord's comfort to Abram in these words, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. God's comfort to Abram was grounded in who he is and what he can do. Okay, so God is our shield. Let's leave the book of Genesis and go to the book of Psalms. King David was on the run from his son Absalom. Hard to comprehend that kind of heartache. Listen to what he said in Psalm chapter 3. O Lord, how many are my foes! Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, There is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. What calmed David's fear? The truth that the Lord was his shield. Why then should we not fear? Because the Lord is our shield. What do shields do? They protect. The next fear knot I found was only six chapters later in the book of Genesis. Who was afraid this time? Hagar. 
forced to bear the child of the same Abraham we just talked about and treated cruelly by his wife Sarah, Hagar found herself and her son cast out and wandering through the wilderness of Beersheba. After completely running out of water, Hagar sat across the way from her son, all the while waiting for his death, which she knew was just moments away. She wept. Her son cried out. Then God called to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. God then proceeded to promise that her son would become a great nation. What was the reason God gave Hagar not to fear? It was that he heard. Is this concept also in the Psalms? Absolutely. Psalm 18, 3-6 says, I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called upon the Lord. To my God I cried for help. From his temple he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Here again David is praising the Lord for deliverance, this time from the constant pursuit of King Saul who wanted him dead. What then is the second reason we shouldn't be afraid? Because God hears us. In verses 1 and 2 of the same chapter, David gives all praise to God because he is our strength, our rock, our fortress, our deliverer, our refuge, our shield, the horn of our salvation, and our stronghold. Did you catch that? Sandwiched in between all of those descriptors appears again the truth that he is our shield. So, the one who hears us is the one who protects us. He is greater than all of the military combined. He is Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. Continuing on through the Pentateuch, we find Moses described in Deuteronomy 31. Here he was at the end of his life and the end of his ministry to the children of Israel. By God's design, he was to pass the leadership baton to Joshua. This was such a turning point for the nation. No doubt it was a fearful time because God said this to them, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of the enemy, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Two times God gave these commands to be strong, to be courageous, and to fear not. Why were they not to fear? Because God was with them, and He would not leave. He would not abandon them. We see this concept echoed in the book of Isaiah the prophet. In speaking to the children of Israel, the Lord says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. What was Israel's hope? It was that God was with them. Believer, you have the same hope. You have Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. Who better to have with you than a protector who hears you? Are you seeing the picture develop? The last example I want to share with you today comes from the life of Daniel the prophet. He was a Jew taken into captivity by the Babylonians in the 6th century BC. I can't even imagine how terrifying that situation was. Time and time again, Daniel faced situations that would have caused the average person to cave. Laws were made by wicked men all for the purpose of forcing him to stop praying to the Lord. Because he didn't obey those laws, he was thrown into a den of ravenous lions. The next morning, the king desperately ran to the den because he was so worried about Daniel. 
He cried out, as the Bible says, in a tone of anguish, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Daniel told him that God sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions. Wow, God is so powerful. Daniel later received visions from the Lord. These visions were so terrifying that the men who were with Daniel ran away and hid. Daniel himself passed out and eventually woke up trembling. A messenger came to comfort him. Many think this messenger was the angel Gabriel. What struck me so deeply is what Gabriel called Daniel. He called him greatly loved. Honestly, when I read that recently, it moved me to tears. Why? Because it called to mind something the Apostle Paul said in Romans 8. This is the last reason I'd like to mention today regarding why we shouldn't fear. We should not fear because we are greatly loved by God. I can't even comprehend being loved by God. You know who else knew how difficult it was to comprehend? The Apostle Paul. He says in Ephesians 3, 16 through 19, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Did you catch that? We need strength to be able to comprehend how much God loves us because it surpasses knowledge. In other words, we need strength to comprehend what is incomprehensible. In the best way he knew how, Paul went on to describe the breadth, length, height, and depth of God's love for his children. Listen to Romans 8, 31-39. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what is there to fear? You are shielded by Almighty Creator God. He is Yahweh, Sabaoth. That has military connotations that should make you feel like more than a conqueror. God can protect you well because He sees you and because He is with you. He knows what you are afraid of because He hears you. And He does all of this because He loves you. And not just a little. He loves you so much that He moved heaven and earth to rescue you from the worst possible thing you've ever encountered. Your sin. Rest in His love. Hope in His care. Find peace in his protection. I could go on and on, but I think I'll close by reading Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. For He will hide me in His shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of His tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord.